0: Do you love your dog and yet find yourself frustrated with them sometimes? Have you ever wanted to find a judgment-free space where you could share your struggles with raising a dog? This is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Heart of the Dog podcast, a community of dog lovers working toward helping each other understand their furry friends a little better. Together with guidance from experts in their field, we will explore any and all topics big and small today on Heart of the Dog.
1: This week, I want to start off the episode by talking about something that concerns me, pisses me off, and brings me some great joy. Social media. We're going to dive into the positives and negatives of social media in the dog space. I'm going to address a specific trend I've been seeing and what I think about that trend and talk about my process for knowing what's fact and what's taken out of context or false. So let's get into it. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want longer episodes and bonus content, please consider becoming a monthly supporter. I work on the podcast in my spare time, and much of the content that I write is completed when I have a couple of seconds to sit down and research. Becoming a monthly supporter through donations via anchor.fm or becoming a member of our Patreon will allow me to hire a scriptwriter, which will help free up time for me to work on bonus content and other upcoming surprises both options are linked in the description. If you can't support monetarily right now, no worries. This podcast will always remain free. Thank you so much for your continued listening support, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I have a love-hate relationship with social media. It has a lot of promise when used correctly, However, there are a lot of people, including trainers and dog professionals, who will make content and leave out information because they don't have time or they want to spend a narrative on the subject in their favor. Like any topic, you have to take what you find on the internet with a grain of salt. However, what has got me really frustrated lately are the dog professionals who want to talk about specific training terms in negative ways without explaining or giving context to what they're speaking on. This is dangerous, irresponsible, and in my opinion, highly unprofessional. If someone who is well-intentioned but new to dog ownership and training stumbles upon those... Here's the basics of the four quadrants. The four quadrants are positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, positive punishment, and negative punishment. Of the four quadrants, positive reinforcement probably sounds the most familiar. For the purposes of this discussion, positive refers to adding something to the training dynamic, and negative refers to subtracting or taking something away from the training dynamic. Define what luring means in the context of dog training. Luring in dog training is defined as the trainer uses a piece of food to guide the animal through the motions of a desired behavior. During this method, the animal is highly dependent on the trainer for guidance and direction. After the initial training, the lure is gradually removed. In the last couple of weeks, I've seen several posts that have made it seem like if you're rewarding your dog with food or if you have to use food to motivate them to work, you're quote-unquote luring them into doing something that they may not want to do. I have a couple big issues with that idea. First, luring is a training technique, and to use the word luring outside of that context, especially... Especially on social media, does a disservice to the message you're trying to convey and to the owners who don't necessarily have a huge understanding of training lingo. When you create a negative or limited narrative around something as simple as a word without giving them the full clarity and context around what that word means, you're not helping people. You are only teaching them how you view something and consequently how they should view it too. Second, using food as a reinforcement for desired behaviors is not luring. Some dogs don't care about food, and others will do anything for food. It really depends on your dog. But at the end of the day, if you're using food to reward your dog for performing a desired behavior, that isn't a bad thing. Where it becomes a problem is when your dog becomes dependent on the reward to perform the behavior. And what I mean by dependent on the reward is your dog will not perform the behavior without seeing or smelling food on you. To be clear, that still isn't luring by the definition I read earlier. However... That, I believe, is what the posts I'm referring to were trying to communicate. So now that we know what luring is and what it isn't, let's talk about how dogs learn. There's something called the four quadrants. I had never heard of the four quadrants before starting my journey to become a canine educator. So if you haven't, fear not. But you're probably most likely using all of them all the time without knowing it. Let's break down what each of the quadrants mean. Positive reinforcement is when you add something as a reward to reinforce a desired behavior. Giving a treat, engaging with or throwing a toy, and or giving verbal praise are all examples of positive reinforcement. Positive reinforcement is the most commonly recommended training method. If you go to any corporate store like Petco or PetSmart in the U.S. that offers training, they offer positive reinforcement-only training. Positive reinforcement is great but without the balance of the other quadrants can be difficult and time-consuming to capture behaviors. We'll take a deeper dive into what positive reinforcement-only training looks like next week. Negative reinforcement is when you take something to reinforce a desired behavior. An example of this would be training with a slip lead or a prong collar. When the dog responds in the desired way to the leash pressure, pressure is taken off of the collar, which reinforces the behavior. Negative reinforcement can come in many different forms. It can look like taking pressure off of the leash or stepping back after creating pressure with your body. A good example of creating pressure with your body could look like using your feet to slide gently under your dog's body when they've decided they don't want to walk on leash with you anymore. Positive punishment is when you add a punishment to decrease an undesired behavior. Using leash pressure to discourage pulling is an example of positive punishment. Many people view positive punishment as abuse, or a form of abuse. There have been many campaigns to discourage and discredit training methods that use aversive training tactics. However, your dog doesn't speak English, so there has to be some use of discomfort to help them understand what the word no means. There's a strong difference between using something to create pressure or discomfort and abusing your dog. Any tool can be used incorrectly and can be abused, so it is important to be properly trained on how to use things like prong collars and e-collars when you're using them for positive punishment. Negative punishment is when you take something away that your dog enjoys to decrease the undesired behavior. An example of this would be withholding a treat, ball, or other form of reward. Negative punishment can be useful if you can take the object away at the right time. I want to reiterate that in the context of this discussion, positive and negative do not equate to good and bad. They equate to adding and subtracting. Now let's define reinforcement and punishment. Reinforcement equates to encouraging or increasing behavior, and punishment equates to discouraging or stopping an unwanted behavior. So beyond what the four quadrants are, how do they apply in real life? The four quadrants are basically the four types of consequences that occur when your dog interacts with the world around them. Dogs are conditioned animals. If you've ever heard of the term operant conditioning, it refers to the behavioral conditioning that takes place when a dog associates a behavior with a consequence. There are two types of consequences that dogs experience, internal and external. An example of an internal consequence is when your dog feels hot and seeks shade to cool off. An external consequence is when you provide a consequence to a behavior like asking your dog to shush when they're barking. What you think of as pleasant or unpleasant may not necessarily be perceived as such by your dog. How consequences are perceived is highly subjective and may vary from one dog to another. Can I tell you a secret about reinforcement in training, though? Any training method used only works when timed correctly. Rewarding a desired behavior immediately after the behavior is performed and issuing a correction or taking something away during the performance of an undesired behavior must be timed correctly and precisely for the dog to capture the behavior properly. Without the correct timing, you're not teaching your dog anything, or you could potentially be teaching them an unintended lesson. So now that we've talked about the ways dogs learn and the differences between luring and rewarding with foods and treats, let's talk about how to know what's real and what's BS online. My first rule of thumb with any information, dog-related or not, is to do some basic research. If something feels off or I'm curious to know more about a topic, I will go straight to my bestie Google and I will type in my question about the information given. From there, I will look at the top websites that pop up. If the American Kennel Club pops up, I will start with their information. While the American Kennel Club or the AKC has had a problematic history with breeders and puppy mills, they are one of the biggest and well-known dog organizations in America. My other go-tos are Humane Society and the Veterinary Center's of America, or the VCA. From those three, I usually feel like I get a pretty great knowledge base, and will compare other articles or social media posts against that information. If I can't confirm the information online, I will reach out to a trainer, friend, or talk to my vet if it's something I feel the vet can weigh in on. Nobody has all the answers, but knowing how to find the answers can help decrease stress immensely. So that's it for this week. I hope you learned something and feel like you can tackle challenging social media posts with more confidence. Next week, I have the privilege of interviewing the first trainer I worked with and someone who has helped shape my love of training, professional trainer Morgan Lamella. Morgan and I will talk about positive reinforcement training and balance training, the differences, the pros, the cons, and all sorts of other training-related topics. I even have a couple of listener questions to ask her. I'm super excited to have this conversation with Morgan, and I can't wait to share it with all of you. See you next week.
0: Thanks for being with us this week. If you'd like to keep up with the latest, please follow us on Instagram at Heart of the Dog Podcast. If you'd like to get involved in the community, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com Heart of Podcast. And if you have any questions you'd like answered or topic suggestions, please email heart of the pod at gmail.com. Please check out the show notes for any resources that may have sparked your interest. And finally, if you enjoy this podcast as much as you enjoy your dogs, please rate and review so that other members of the pack can find us and please share with a friend or loved one.